opposite parts of the country, and we're inviting you to listen in on our conversation about everything from money and manifesting to dating and big life changes. We'll offer two different perspectives to help you navigate whatever it is you're going through. Because we've likely been there, done that, or are going through it too. Whether you have a sister or not, you'll either relate or feel like you do as you listen in each week to new episodes. So welcome to Go Call Your Sister. Let's have some fun. Welcome to the money episode of Go Call Your Sister. Hot girls love budgeting, and that's what we're talking about today. I'm actually very excited about this episode, and I'm not even going to front like this episode was like not something I was extremely looking forward to because I am so bad with money. Not that I'm not so hyped to talk to Cindy because she's such a badass, but I get kind of nervous when it comes to talking about money because I'm definitely not Bill Gates over here. Well, it was one of the most requested topics that we had. Yeah, and it ended up being probably one of the most beneficial of all episodes, and I'm, I've definitely learned a lot. Totally. And I think changing the changing your mindset about money is just getting more comfortable talking about it. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. we you never talk to our friends about like how much you make or like how much your rent is or like, you know, it's it's important to have those conversations so you get comfortable with the topic. Yeah, for sure. And I think we covered a lot of good things today about your relationship with money, how you mm-hmm. operate around money. And I know that's something that I was just talking to my therapist about the other day was my relationship with money and kind of working through that. And I think as much as we read and listen to podcasts and scroll about like things that we love, like, you know, manifesting, meditation, it's important to start doing that with money and budgeting and investing. That way we're kind of well-rounded. I think that I think that looking at money as a form of self-care is important because if, you know, you take time and sit down and really look at like what you're bringing in, what you're spending, like you are caring for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't like sitting down and looking at money. So I, I try to do something. Does. If you do, yeah. that's kind of concerning. <laughs> well, I always try to like bring in something that I love to it. I'll sit down, I'll open my accounts, and then I'll bring some pretzel m ms with me or turn on a show that I love while I'm doing it. Yeah, that's cute. I like that idea. And I liked what Sydney said about receiving. I wanted to talk about that a little bit more because she talks about, you know, as women, sometimes we're trained to kind of deflect. So if someone's like, oh, you look so pretty and you're just like, oh, no, no, like my hair is awful. I think that that is important when it comes to operating from an abundant mindset is being able to receive. And it's not just money, it's Mm -hmm. compliments, it's help. It's, you know, being able to say what you need and, you know, saying thank you and accepting whether it's a compliment or a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, totally. Very, very excited about this episode. I think this is going to be a very beneficial episode, something that we all need, especially going into the new year. It's time to start a whole, let's start fresh. Mm Mm-hmm. Guys, so I went to Nashville this weekend. Me and Allie are dancing at a bar in Midtown. And I look down and she's whipping out her crystal. She was like, I'm not paying for any drinks tonight. And guys, she legit did it. And it was so weird. Right after you said that, this guy comes up who was like, hey, um, do you know Wynn Bridgers? And we are like, um, yes, we, we are familiar with him. He is our brother. And he was like, I went to college with him. Like, I'm going to buy you guys drinks. Like, I'll be right back. And like, I was like, uh, you had just taken out your crystal and shook it around. <laughs> so, and we we literally didn't buy a single drink. Hey, I, I set the intention. Yeah, you did. You know, that's, you got to start somewhere. If you're not really sure about manifesting, start somewhere, start small, manifest a free drink or free coffee, yeah. whatever it is. Somehow every single episode we will ever record will tie back to manifesting. So a thousand percent. Um, but yeah. the thing is, you know, with money, you can't just sit around and hold your pyrite crystal and rub it around and say, I want a million bucks. Like, yeah, that doesn't work. So that's why this episode is important because we talk about money and it can seem overwhelming, but just how to get started knowing about money and like learning mm-hmm. about money and where you stand, and where you want to be. Yeah. I liked what Sydney said. She said, you know, even if you're just listening to this or you're just starting out, give yourself a pat on the back because you're starting somewhere and everything in life, you have to start somewhere and it all can yeah. be kind of intimidating at first. So I love that. I think this is a good episode and I'm glad that you guys are listening and we're about to become 
little money manifesting queens. Money magnets. Yeah, money magnets. I like that better. Um, okay, let's give a little recap of our highs and lows before we get into this episode. Allie? Okay. Um, honestly, last weekend, so we're recording this on a tu- on a Monday. Wow. It feels like Tuesday. Yeah. I just loved this weekend. I had three friends come in town from out of town for my Christmas lights party that I do every year. And it was so fun. Like it's just a big girls party and it's fun to get ready for. And we ride around and look at Christmas lights and drink and it was so fun. And then the next day we spent probably the majority of the day on the couch. We watched four Christmas movies and I loved every second of it. And then we went to dinner at one of my favorite restaurants here in Nashville called Geist, went out with Bird and Libby to a bar I hadn't been to in probably four years. Uh, I think we were the oldest people there, but that's okay. Some guy came up to my friend Jacqueline and he was like, you look too mature to be here. Let me buy you a drink. So I wasn't the only one that manifested a free drink. Yeah. And then and then we decided last minute to get tickets to see one of my favorite comedians, Heather McMahon. She um, had a couple shows in Nashville and we just randomly got tickets and it was so much fun. It was just a great it was just a great ending to an amazing weekend. Yeah. I definitely agree. Wait, do you have a low? I always cut you off on your low. So if you want to share a low before I start going in about the weekend. Um Okay, I think my low is I'll tell you my low real quick. I'm going to go ahead and shoot in my low before you do your low. My low would be Saturday night after we went to Dogwood and I went outside and I found the best hot dog stand and it was so good and I was like so excited about it. I got this loaded hot dog and I get back to Libby's house and I dropped it on her floor. The whole thing. Oh. That's really sad. Milo is kind of like that, but I think it's also a high depending on how you look at it. I ate McDonald's three times this weekend, (laughs) (laughs) which I always know Allie's having a fun time when she's like, I want McNuggets now. I'm like, yes, please. Yeah. I ate French fries for breakfast one morning, so that was cool. I'm Um, totally down with that. Yeah. You know- it wasn't. It was a high in the moment, but looking back at it now, it's like you know what, Ali, that might have been low. That might have been a low point for you. No. no. Yeah. I um. Yeah. If I think it's it was a good weekend. The only low I can think of was dropping my hot dog on Libby's floor. Felt bad about it and was really sad. Um. But otherwise, this whole weekend was a high. I had such a good time with you at your Christmas lights party. Um, it was such just a joyful night seeing all your friends, seeing my friends. Whole weekend in general, I got to see you win. Um, I have really missed being in Nashville. So many people that I love are there. So yeah, I just kind of left this weekend feeling really, really high. Yep. High on life. High on life. And, Going um, into the holidays. It was excited. really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, in a, I think I would add to my hot dog low is just that like – which is also kind of a high, but I came home yesterday from Nashville and tomorrow I'm leaving for Colorado. So I kind of feel like my mind's been kind of like clustered, but that's why I really enjoyed sitting down with you in Sydney tonight. Kind of like take that break of like, don't worry about packing, just focus in. So that was good. What's something that you are excited about? Um, Okay. So I've already talked about our Denver trip, which I'm still excited about, but I am really excited because we're going to New Orleans for New Year's Eve and we're going to all be together, our family, Mm -hmm. and I'm just really looking forward to it. I love going to New Orleans. It's so fun. And it's just going to be a great time. Yeah. You know, I'm, of course, excited about my Colorado trip. But by the time this comes out, that'll already be over and done with. But um, I'm also just excited for Christmas time. Like Christmas has such a calm, happy, joyful time. And I'm just excited for everyone to be together again. Um, I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas pajamas. I love Christmas snacks. I'm just excited about the whole thing. Oh, I discovered a really good Christmas thing that everyone should try. Sugar cookie M&M's. The middle is a sugar cookie. It's so good. So good. (laughs) You always find like the most interesting M&M's. Like I just thought there was regular and peanut and you're like, do you think I could get a brand deal with M&M's one day? (laughs) Yeah. M&M's, if you're hearing this, sponsor us. My favorite M&M is the mini M&M's, like the the little baby, Uh, baby one. No, those don't do it for me. Those are my favorite. I don't like M&M's stuffed with anything, but that's really Oh, I I like them stuffed with interesting things. Yeah. If they made like a – if they made like a – 
I can't even think of a bad combo, but I feel like you would be into it. Oh, I have a good idea. What about cookie dough, cookie dough M&M's? Those would be cookie dough m and would be good. Cookie dough m and would be good. Um, okay, but I am with you on the Christmas things. I love Christmas. I feel like our neighborhood has really stepped it up, so we have lots of lights. And I am obsessed with Christmas movies. I watch them yeah. all the time, and I watch them multiple times in a row. Like, I've already seen The Holiday, like, five times this yeah, season. Yeah, if you're hanging out with Allie in the next 20 or so days, there is a good, good chance you're going to watch The Holiday. <laughs> like, other TV shows and movies yeah. just don't exist for me in the month of December. Yeah, I I love Christmas movies. I do wish they would kind of come out with some newer ones, but I feel like the new ones just aren't as good as the old ones. But what's your top Christmas movie, like your favorite one? Elf. Oh, I think mine is Four Christmases. My top classic Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life, but I love Elf. Elf is just like home. You're a psychopath. Uh, Yeah, I know. What's your favorite part of Elf or of Four Christmases? My favorite part of Four Christmases is when they're it's the church scene. Like oh, if you yeah. have seen this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But they go to this like it's basically like a Beyonce concert church, and then Vince Vaughn like saves the entire nativity play, and he's like, "I Joseph will swaddle this baby, and I Joseph like it's just so funny. You unfit mother." That's a close second for me because one, it's so funny, and two, because Vince Vaughn. Allie loves Vince Vaughn. Allie's subject crush is Vince Vaughn, guys. <gasps> He's up there. I put that on sure. my Instagram story the other day that I was like, is Vince Vaughn hot, yes or no? And actually, it was like a 50 50 vote. He's funny. He's tall. He's got all of his hair, I think, still. I haven't seen him in a minute, but, you know, I'm here for it. I think he would be a fun life partner. Yeah, I guess I could see it. I did watch a movie the other day when he was in it as a teenager, Rudy, and he was hot as a teen. So definitely could see that. But um, yeah, everyone's probably like, blah, 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 get to the money talk. (laughs) But anyway, um, we are really looking forward to sharing this episode with you guys. Sydney Hedberg is an amazing resource. I think it will be helpful for a lot of people, no matter if you're just graduating college and getting started or, you know, you've been working for a while and just need a refresher or just starting to learn about money. Yeah, wherever you are on your money journey, we welcome you to this episode. Yeah. Sydney Hedberg is an overall badass. She went to Ole Miss. She wrote a book called Barney's Bergdorf's and Bills that educates women about money. Um, She's just so smart when it comes to finance and money. And she's also Mm -hmm. fun. Like she's fun to talk to and really engaging. And I think that you'll really enjoy listening in. Uh, We're going to tag the Amazon link for her book and her Instagram below. She is definitely an inspiration. She makes finance like cool. (laughs) She makes finance sexy. She's so like cool and just powerful. And so we're just really excited to welcome Sydney to Call Your Sister today. just it's been a crazy year but yeah I'm like I feel like we were gonna be past this whole panty situation by now I'm like okay any day now (laughs) I know where are you are you still in New York no I am in Park City Utah now so this is home oh cool yeah live in this town I saw you girls are going to Colorado where are y'all going yeah, I'm going early and I'm going to Denver and then Vail and then back to Denver and meeting Allie there on Saturday. Oh. So I'm really excited. Oh. I'm going to get my ski on too. But um, that's why I'm very excited to have this episode before we go on a trip because I am really bad at – I'm bad – I wouldn't say bad. I'm not the best at all things finance budgeting related And that's why I'm so glad that you're with us today because maybe this will give me some tips before I go on this trip. And I don't know what it is. Every time I step out of town, like I step an inch out of Oxford, I feel like I'm like a millionaire and I'm on vacation. I'm like, yeah, we should get this and that. And I get home and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Well, my problem is if I just don't look at it, it doesn't exist. Like I'm just not going to look. It doesn't exist in my life. Tacit (laughs) deniability, right? Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, seriously. Exactly. Well, Cindy, let's start off by – will you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're doing now? 
Yeah, perfect. Well, I went to Ole Miss where I obviously met both of you. I studied risk management and insurance and managerial finance. From there, I moved to New York City. I work for a global insurance company, um, really doing business development. I work on natural catastrophe insurance. So, you know, trying to solve the small problems of the world. Um, But as I was saying during the panty, which I'm affectionately calling this whole thing, um, I left New York and moved west where I now am working remote. Um, But what we're here to talk about today, and so thankful you all had me on, while I was at Ole Miss, I went one extra semester. And so I watched a lot of my girlfriends, my Tridelt sisters were getting ready to graduate and they began coming to me asking me about money tips because they knew I had majored in finance, which anybody that majored in finance would know, it doesn't teach you anything about personal finance, right? You know how to amortize a bond, and but not, not you don't learn how to file your taxes or anything, but it was, I need to buy my own insurance. What is a deductible? What is a premium? I need to open a credit card. How is this different from a debit card? What is my credit score? I want to buy a house. How do I get a mortgage? I need to file my taxes. I mean, I just really, it all felt to me so much like something we should have learned in college, but before that high school, right? Because a lot of kids don't get the opportunity to go to college or they don't want to because of the cost. Um, And I I think it would just change everything to have those, those courses in high school. But Um, I digress. It really resonated with me that there wasn't a simple answer to their questions. And they were hard questions to Google and they're scary questions. If you don't know, you know, what you're talking about, you just feel overwhelmed by it. And then with that, I kind of just started with a Word document during one of my internships and came up with a 30-topic guide of kind of the questions my friends had asked me. And then that became Barney's, Bergdorf's, and Bill's a Girlfriend's Guide to Finance. Yes, I remember you sent me a copy of um, your book when I was still in high school, which was when, and I had started running um, Jewels by Sarkar at the time. And you sent me this book and I was like, like I was reading through it. And even as a high school student, when I started running a business, I thought I've never learned any of this in school. Like I had never even heard of a tax ID number. And now like fast forward, I was an IMC major. We definitely didn't learn about finance there either. So I think that's just amazing. I thought your book was amazing. I definitely cannot recommend it enough to everyone who's listening to get a copy because it really does lay it out very beautifully and pretty simply. Thank you. And well, that's a, that's a good point with IMC. You know, I always tell people to try, if you can pick up a business minor, you'll just get like a little bit, right? Because again, most of those yeah. majors, if it's not business specific, you're not going to really get the accounting, learning about income statements. And as, so I think if you can even pick up, even just if you have an elective, you know, most people want to take something fun, which I understand and I did too. But if you can take like a business class I, it will just pay mm-hmm. dividends down the road. Definitely agree. Mm-hmm. You know, in high school, I just assumed I would come out of college just having all of this information. And I realized after I graduated, I was like, whoa, like I don't know anything. So I feel like, yeah. you know, people are starting to talk more about this. I feel like, you know, women and girls are more interested in finance than ever before, which is awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And you're definitely ahead of the time with your book. So going off of that, what are your top three pieces of money advice for women in their 20s? So I think this is probably just good advice for people in general is to not try and keep up with the Joneses. So I was raised by parents and grandparents who did not teach us to live within our means. They taught us to live below our means, right? And, um, you know, I was always kind of questioning. I'm like, do we have any money? Like, why do we (laughs) – there were so many coupons and all these things. And my dad always said, Sydney, the money you save is your own. And and again, none of it was my money. It was my parents' money, right? And, and, And then my sister and I, we had whatever we made from babysitting. And But that was the thing, you know having money doesn't mean you need to spend it regardless of how much money you have. And I think, um, you know, with the social media, all the designer items on Instagram specifically, you know, it's just don't get consumed by it because you truly don't need those things. And I think, you know, when I remember when I moved to New York and getting those first paychecks, I was like, oh, wow, 
dollar doesn't go very far here. And, you know, if you're making 60,000 living in New York City, you're taking home about 40,000 after taxes. I mean, they, they, they're going to get you, right? Death and taxes. So it equates to about 3,500 a month. So then you add in rent, transportation, food, that does not leave room for you to buy a $2,000 Saint Laurent handbag as much as you want it, you know? And I, and I, I totally get, you know, don't take it as not treating yourself or acknowledging your hard work and like buying yourself something nice, but be smart about it, right? Buy those items when you don't have to cut back on like food for the month. I mean, I remember vividly having friends be like, I'm just going to eat ramen for a little bit, which, you know, it's fine. But I think it's 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 bigger when you think about the principle of it, right? Of mm-hmm. buying something that you just really can't afford. That's a super slippery slope. Um, or when you're going to have to make payments on your credit card bill. Number two, probably should be number one, do not acquire credit card debt. Like if you cannot comfortably pay it off at the end of the month, do not buy it. Um, You know, heard before interest rates are low, right? And interest rate on a credit card is different. It's an annual percentage rate and it depends on your credit score. So if you're rolling a bunch of debt month to month, that annual percentage rate is going to go up because you're not a great borrower because when you borrow, you're supposed to pay it back, right? And if you're consistently not paying it back, they're like, you know, something's off here and the banks want to make money. The credit card companies want to make money on your interest. And so if you've got a thousand dollars that you're rolling month to month, you're also paying a huge percentage on top of that. And again, I think it's just, it's the, it's the principle of spending money you don't have is irresponsible. And it's just, it's never going to help you down the road, right? And 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 going to sleep at night, feeling like I did not go out and spend a ton of money or I didn't buy that huge item today. It just feels better to know that you're you're not going to have to be, you know, feeling that the burden of that debt. Um, The third piece of advice would be if you're going to spend, then invest in assets that will appreciate like a home or in your business. Um, You know, Sarah Carolina, we've done a bunch of that. Allie, same thing. You're, you know, we're similar age of getting ready to, you know, buy homes and cars, bags, shoes, purses. Those are all depreciable assets. Um, And we can all, you know, joke that a Birkin is a good investment, but a home (laughs) is a much more responsible yet really large purchase, right? And um, it takes a lot of thinking, but it's very much that probably that question, you know, the parents, you know, what were your your future self thank you for? But I think that that is is really important when you're going through those those purchases. So speaking of investing, I feel like you know, it's this big topic that a lot of people don't know a lot about or are intimidated by. What is your advice for someone that wants to start investing? Where do they begin? Just in the basics of, of what what you're interested in, right? Investing in what you know. And I think one of the things is, you know, is it is it saving or is it investing? And I think that it's actually both. And I kind of consider it all saving, right? Um, but you know, a true savings would be something like putting a money aside for an emergency, right? You have a huge medical bill, your car breaks down, you need a new cylinder, and you have a family member that's ill, you need to travel to them immediately. That is what a true savings account is for, right? Because I think you're totally right, Allie, you can kind of use those words saving and investing um, in tandem. But at this age, I would equate emergency to saving. And that's just that's just how I think about it. People can think about it in different ways. Mm-hmm. So investing is also a savings account. But at our age, you know, just putting money into the savings portion of your Wells Fargo account where you have the checking and savings, you know, that's going to be earning you zero dollars on your money. So if you are um, you know, this is one thing. If you truly have issues with restraint and with spending money, absolutely move some of that money to your savings account just to train yourself, right? Like when you get your paycheck, you're going to take $500, move it in there each time every two weeks. But with investing, you should be finding pockets to place your money in stocks, right? Um, or in an IRA. And I think we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But couple this with the money in your checking account, right? Your checking account is your liquid cash, right? Liquid means you have it right now. You can pay your bills with it. And you want to keep that fairly flush so you can ensure you're not having to draw out of your savings account or your investing accounts to pay off your bills month to month. Um, But don't keep so much in there that you're 
then tempted to go out and kind of, you know, run around and spend a ton of money. So possibly a good, again, a good idea would be to take a percentage of your paycheck every two weeks or however often you're paid and then move it to that savings account. One thing I usually say is if people get a year end bonus, right? You know, a lot of people with their year end bonus, they have been planning on paying down, um, you know, part of their mortgage, right? Or part of a big principal that they have that they want to get rid of. That's great. If you don't have a need for it at the moment, move that money aside because you've been operating business as usual without that, you know, $5,000 bonus or whatever it might be, $1,000. Um, but I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. But if in terms of starting with the investing, you know, if you're slowly moving $500 out every two weeks, you can then start to invest it monthly or every other month, right? So take that $2,000 that you acquired from the past two months, go into your Vanguard or your E-Trade, um, and you can say, oh, I'm thinking I'm going to put it into Apple or whatever. You know, do you have your research done behind it? And I'll talk about some other ones where if you're not super, um, s- super well-versed of, about the individual companies, you can kind of put them in baskets. But that's how I would start. Just move that money out, like get yourself comfortable with the saving portion. And then with the investing portion, you know, do a little bit of reading on it. But I think the, the biggest thing is for people that are just overwhelmed with it. Like, don't think like, okay, I got to take $1,000 out and I got to invest it in the stock market right now. Like baby step mm-hmm. your way um, to getting there. And then another investing tip on that, do not borrow money to invest. And I've seen a lot of people doing this recently, especially with the crypto. It's insane to buy any sort of cryptocurrency stock um, on margin. And that means needing, you know, needing to take out money or leverage to invest, you know, no matter how tempting it is, you know, just don't chase those trends, do it in tandem. And that, that's how you can create real wealth. And it's just, it's a game of patience, which I know is definitely hard for me. And it's not always a, a natural human tendency. Yeah, I so I think speaking for people who are like maybe my age or you know even younger, I have a really hard time saving money and that's something that I started doing is if I get a paycheck or I get paid, I literally take half if not more and immediately put it in my savings account because for me when it's in my checking account, it's like fair game. I'm like let's go. So when I immediately take it out, I don't even get to see it for a second and that helps me do so much better when it comes to budgeting because I know it's like a way and I try not to touch it and it's kind of there for like big things like my rent or an emergency, things like that. So I think people think, oh, I want to get good at finance. I need to start buying 900 Bitcoin right Bitcoin right now. Or I need to invest all my money. It does. You can start small and just save like savings account are not, you know, old timey. Like it's important to have it. And like someone asked about an emergency, you know, you want to have that kind of fallback, um, so I think that's a, that's a good point. It doesn't always have to be invest right now. Yeah. yeah. Savings count are cool. Too. There are crazy statistics about those emergency funds. I mean, a huge portion of Americans do not have, if they had an emergency, they don't have $500 that they could just pull out. I mean, that's terrifying, right? And I think, you know, you don't want to just be doomsday, but like you do need to think about the worst case scenario and you do need to think about being prepared for if something like that happens, you know, you can't go out and sell the bag you just bought if like you really need to go help your, help your sister, right? And go call your sister, go help your sister. And so I think just thinking about those sorts of things is really important. How much do you think people should have in their emergency fund? Because I've done some research and, you know, some people are like up to three months expenses. Some people are saying like up to one month. What do you think is best? I think again, it's, it's, it's a very personal decision. And it also depends on, it also depends on kind of what you have insurance wise, right? So if you, if you are working for a company um, and let's say, you know, you're injured on the job or something, if you have short-term disability or long-term disability, that's going to supplement some of the costs you might have. If you don't have that, you don't just want to rely on the insurance for that, but think about what you would need you know, comfortably. So, I mean, obviously add in your rent there, you're going to have to pay that add in a good bit for food, um, add in a good bit good for a uh, good bit for transportation. So it, it really, it really just depends. Like what are the absolute necessities that you truly cannot live without 
for a month, right? If you had to take out everything else, I mean, if you were in a really difficult time, you know, you're probably going to cut off your Peloton membership and you're, you know, not going to get your nails done and everything. So take out all of the extraneous and then really focus in on that number and make it something that you would be comfortable with, right? And again, that was a great point to your question, Allie, about savings versus investing. You know, if that money is invested, if you're in a stock, the, I mean, the market was down today. Um, that stock could be well below where you bought it. So if you need money, you don't want to have to sell it on a loss, right? And then it goes all into the capital loss versus capital gain. But but you need to have money that is liquid, readily available. So I think it just it just is so it's so it's so relative to each person's situation. But yeah, there's I don't think there's a simple number. It's kind of the same way. I don't I don't know about the investing. If there's a certain number there, they have you know, 50, 20, 30 guide, which I can kind of, we'll go through in a little bit, but you just really have to sit down with yourself and feel where you would feel most comfortable. Yeah. I feel like, like you said earlier, Bird, you know, Bitcoin and investing sounds so sexy and everyone's like all into that. And then it's like, no, no, no. Savings is sexy too. Like you need to have that money. Yeah. It's sexy, (laughs) sexy girls save. Yes. Yes. Definitely. I like that. That's the new book. Yeah. Sexy girls save because I love it. I liked this question a lot. Um, what do you think the biggest money misconception among women is, in your opinion? A lot of our listeners are women. Shout out to our kings. But what would that be for you? I love it. Hey, I mean, that was the same thing, A Girlfriend's Guide to Finance. I'm like, everybody can read it, but you got you to gotta come up with a tagline. So with I, I, this, I really do feel like with men and women, I think the biggest misconception is that money makes you happy. Um, mm. It makes you comfortable. Life is a lot better when you don't have to think about bills. And that doesn't mean you have to be excessively wealthy. It just means you have to have a good relationship with money, right? Do not let it control you. I think that is the absolute biggest thing. I mean, if you think about most things in life, what makes them run, it's money. And if you don't have a good relationship with it, you're going to constantly be on edge, right? And I and a main reason of why I wrote my book is um, you know, we're all from the South here. And this is just a statistic. Like we knew a lot of girls that got married young in the South, right? It's a fact. It's just in, in different pockets of the country, it's different. In New York, I mean, I think my youngest friend that got married there was like 39. And at Ole Miss, I have two wonderful sorority sisters that were married before graduation. And that's wonderful. And But, you know, by sheer nature of how long you've been earning money, you will be starting with less and another statistic is that half of all marriages end in divorce. Like it's just a fact and it's gone up with the panty. And I think, you know, with women particularly, you know, some women decide to forego their careers to become homemakers. And again, that's amazing. The problem with this comes when the money at times will fall to the spouse, right? And they make it they control it. And again, there's nothing wrong with that unless you're in the dark about it, right? Because should something happen to your spouse? Should you get divorced? And again, I'm speaking just from a woman's perspective because that's all I know, but you can end up in a terrible position, right? Your life can be totally flipped upside down if it's just kind of been something that's been in the back of your mind, right? And it's just been like, you know, spending it, spending it, making me happy, but then not really realizing what it takes to acquire it and what it takes to to keep it more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, one day something that someone else has handled for you forever can fall into your lap. I mean, we've all seen those movies where it happens. And I really feel like for women with knowledge comes confidence and power. And the more you have, the better relationships you will have with your spouse, with money, with family, with friends. You know, I just I just feel like when you have that when you take away the 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 scariness of it of having it or not having it or can I spend or can I not just when you're when you figured out right your equilibrium of where you feel content with your money that's where I think you're you're happiest it isn't when you are you know making tons and tons of money because there are people that make tons and tons of money and then they blow it they have mm-hmm. blown through it completely right and there are yeah. people that make a decent amount of money, and they have saved, saved, saved. They have invested in smart assets, um, and they have they have far more happiness and far more money because they're in control of their lives a little bit more. 
I think that's so true. I feel like so many people struggle with their relationship from with money. And I think, you know, our generation is different than our parents. So we grew up learning this one behavior and that's not really how we operate anymore. So we, you know, maybe are operating on like lack or like we grew up with bad spending habits or good spending habits. And that's something that I've really um, kind of started to value as I've gotten older is like, and kind of like evaluate is, okay, how do I feel about money? And how does that, you know, operate my life? Allie, I know we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. You know, I, think, I just think it's really know, important. Reprogramming the way you think about money and like really taking inventory of, okay, what do I feel towards money that, you know, isn't necessarily my emotion? Like what did I inherit from my parents or, you know, society? Like, you know, and then reprogramming those thoughts into different ones that will serve you better. Absolutely. And again, our parents are all doing it for the first time. I think when you're younger, you're like, oh, they've got it all figured out. And as you become older, you're like, oh, wow, like they're they're doing it for the first time too. But it, it totally is. And you're not going to, you're going to have a different perception of it. But I saw this one meme and it was like, you know, when I started buying my own food, like my mom was right. We do have food at home. Like yeah. you can find <laughs> something in your fridge. Like I don't want to go out and spend. I don't know how it is. Every time I go to the grocery store, like, you know, you pick through, but every time I get up there, it's like at least $50. I'm like, I've got like seven things here, you know, and, yeah. and it, it is, it, it gives you a different perspective. And that's again, to when you're making your own money, you know how hard it is to make that money rather than it being somebody else's money that you're spending. Cause like in that case, it's kind of like monopoly, right? Oh yeah. But it, it is, it, you have to develop your relationship with it. I think you totally can inherit good and bad traits, but you know, as we get older, like you finding your personal relationship with it, it's just so critical. Yeah. We would get home from church on Sundays and my dad would be like, we have food at home. We like fall out on the floor. And now in Hawaii, I'm like, I think I'll have a hot dog for the eighth eighth night in a row. (laughs) Yum. Exactly. Exactly. It's saving, right? Uh, Yeah, totally. Totally. So tell us about your favorite method for budgeting. So again, I'm going to keep going back to like, it's so subjective. It's just like when I feel good about it, right? Like Mm -hmm. I love getting through a day and not having spent a dollar, right? And I have just really, I think moving out of New York has probably helped. Not that I moved to like a more affordable place. It was probably the opposite. Um, But I just, I just spend less on like silly stuff that I don't need, you know? And I think before I buy anything, whether it's at the grocery store, um, whether it's an article of clothing, like I just sit there and I'm like, do I actually need this? Like, no, I probably don't need my 15th pair of sunglasses. Like, and I guess I, I've just really enjoyed getting rid of the excess in my life. And that's been really helpful, but that's also nice because you just realize how little you actually need. So again, I think that there's a very like philosophical part of money too, of really like, what do you need deep down? But, you know, there are some ideas like the popular one I mentioned is the 50, 20, 30, 50% for needs, 30% for wants and 20% for savings. I truly don't think you have to have a standard percentage like that, but if it helps by all means, right. If you need to kind of like just put yourself on the train tracks and like, you know, really do this. And again, like moving your money into the savings account just to like show yourself you can do it. That is so important, but it just, it just takes like acknowledging what you can and cannot spend. Right. And what you feel, I was talking to my friend Alexandra about it. Like we just have this threshold where we know like we don't want to dip below a certain amount of money in our checking account. Right. So it's like, okay, time to pull back the reins. But like, if you don't budget, if you don't think about it, it can just totally get away from you. So every time and in, in what, when I was younger, we had our debit cards, my sister and I did, and we had to write down every time we spent something or every time we, you know, debits and credits. And another good thing is like, if you're having trouble monitoring your money, take out a ton of cash and start using that. Again, I'm not advocating for that because you want to build your credit score. You want to have a credit card, but like there is nothing more sobering than like paying for something in all cash. Cause it's like, wow, like this is a lot of money, you know, the credit card mm-hmm. swipe or the Apple pay, which is even worse. You know, it's just so instant um, shopping online. It's so instant. You're not like kind of standing there really thinking about the purchases as much, but again, and I'm not saying you can't splurge and, and spoil yourself a little bit, but like 
it's all relative to what, you know, what dollar amount you should be spoiling yourself at, I think. So the biggest thing for me was I sat down and did an inventory of, okay, what do I love? What fills me up? Like what for me, like it's, I don't mind spending money on travel because I love to travel. And then I don't mind spending money on beauty. Like I'm going to get my hair highlighted. I'm going to get my nails done. That's just that. But, you know, there are things that I can cut out. Like I don't need to go to a $100 dinner, you know, five times a week or something like that. So I think it, like you said, it is personal. You have to figure out what are the things that you don't mind spending money on and that fill you up. And then what are the things that you can go without? Yeah, they're your non-negotiables, right? I mean, I think I'm still in the same boat with you as travel because I've taken much more of my spending on things to spending on experiences, right? With people I love in places like that, right? And then when even when you're there, it's spending less money too. Like, yeah, you, you want to get something from the trip or whatever, but like you have all these memories from the trip as well, you know? So again, but th- there are, it is, and it, it is so individual of what, and I don't think anybody should tell you unless you're like having to borrow money from friends, like, you know, what you can and should spend money on, right? Like if you're like, I really need to borrow $40 so I can get a pedicure, you kind of need to have like a come to Jesus and be like, okay, you know, look, maybe you should go get a $2 bottle of nail polish at the grocery store and like do this for a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, but again, that's what friends are for. Friends are the mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> friends, and, friends and sisters, of course. And that's why you can download Primp. You can use Primp, True. Allie, and you yes. can just budget all your – Beauty started like, a company you know, because of it. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, my dad, when I was younger, he used to make us feel bad for spending money on beauty. He's like, "You don't need your hair highlighted. You don't need your your nails done." And it's like, no, you're, no, you're like, beautiful the way yeah. you are, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yes, dad, but like, it's more than that. It's the ritual of going in, soaking your fingernails, you know, having the TLC that comes with it. Yep. So it's it, it's yeah, personal totally. to you. I think my whole perspective has just completely shifted being this is I'm a freshman year adult like I just I just started being an adult this year and now I'm like do I need the um Instagrammable cocktail or am I gonna put some vodka in my purse and a water bottle and get a Sprite because either way like we're just gonna get the job done so I'm definitely definitely like prioritizing things that actually bring you joy versus just like mindless spending is what I've learned and I'm really thankful because the thing like biggest thing from going from Ole Miss to Hawaii is people's mindset will miss is sometimes like I want it all. And in Hawaii, it's like, you don't need anything. You're fine. I totally agree. And that, that is, that's a, that's a perfect way to put it Sarah Caroline, right? It is, it's, it's all your perspective and your priorities change, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I think some, I think to the, when you get to a point, like saving money honestly feels a lot better than spending it too, right? Like when you mm-hmm. can like look at it and be like, oh, wow, I didn't go, I made my own coffee this morning and I didn't go to Starbucks and spend $5. Like, you know, I invested in a Keurig and now I make it at home every morning and it costs me a dollar, right? It's those little things. And, and it, 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 again, your, 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 your values, your perspectives on all those things change. And as they do, I think, I think that's just when you acknowledge that, that shift and, you know, start putting away more and then, you know, put, invest in things that you really do enjoy. And I think it's important who you surround yourself with too. Like take a look at your friends. Like, are you running with people that have all the money in the world and they just don't care or people that are trying to keep up with the Joneses and just, you know, racking up credit card debt? Like you really need to take a hard look at who you're, you are spending time with. The people who talk the biggest game never are the richest. Like the, the people who have the most money, you're, you would never know. Like you would – you would never walk around and be like, oh, yeah, like, and it's just, it's all about who you're with. Cause sometimes with your other people, you're operating at a low vibration. It's just not good. So I agree, Allie. It's definitely who you surround yourself with as well. Completely. And it's the people that have, you know, the best work ethics, right? Because mm-hmm. the people with the best work ethics are generally not the ones that are like going out and just blowing through their money because they know how hard it has been to make that money, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't want to just throw it away. And yeah. And again, I think I like my circle has gotten collectively smaller, which I love. Right. Because it's just, again, it's, it's your priorities changing and and you just, you just see things more clearly. Right. And again, it goes back to the money doesn't buy happiness. Like you can have a ton of stuff and be super unhappy with yourself deep down. And that's why I'm such a huge advocate of self-improvement. Right. And like 
just, you know, digging in and, 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 and writing a ton and really learning about yourself. Because again, it's like, we're talking about money, but it is, it's all of those things segment together because it all goes back to your confidence, your belief in yourself. And if you're surrounding yourself with people who suck, who are, you know, just negative, bad energy, it's like, you're kind of, you're, you're just shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. So that's a awesome point. Um, yeah, you take the next question, Allie, because I literally <laughs> cannot speak on it at all. <laughs> I'm like reading, I'm like, um, <laughs> okay, well, this is something I actually recently had to learn about, so it's okay. Um, okay. <laughs> talk to us about retirement. What is the difference between a 401k and a Roth IRA? And why do we need to be thinking about retirement in our twenties? Yeah. Perfect. Sarah Caroline, you're going to get there. I know. Allie and I, it's like. I couldn't even say that because I would have just been saying lies. I would have been like, um. It, it is kind of baptism by fire. And again, it's like, it's again, you know, surrounding yourself with people too, like good friends who are also focused on it. Like I just called my friend Ashley beforehand. I mean, Ashley's the CFO of a company, so she's like got it all down. But um, I'll start off with Roth versus regular. That has to do with tax status. So a regular account, a regular 401k, a regular IRA, that is taxed when the money is withdrawn. A Roth IRA or a Roth 401k is taxed now. So a Roth would be ideal if you anticipate being in a lower tax bracket or excuse me, a higher tax bracket when you retire, right? So you're being taxed now instead. And then when you pull your money out, it's not taxed. So a 401k is a company retirement plan. It's a savings platform. You choose. You can only, so in the US, um, you can only contribute $19,500. That's just a a company limit, no matter how much your salary is. Um, Your company generally would match a percentage, right? So so if your company is going to match $6,000, um, and you make $100,000, you would want to put in $6,000. That's a 6% match. That would be a full match. Because if you're only, your company is only going to give you what you're going to give back in, right? Most people, um, you'd have to be making a pretty good amount of money to put in that whole 19005 right? A lot of people do choose to max out their 401k because it's, it's just added savings, right? It's an added benefit. Um, the company with that money, then invest that money for you, right? These companies have asset managers, just like we would have individual asset managers. So, so you're going to be making a return on that money. Um, and then again, it goes with the compounding interest, right? The more you're putting in, if you put in 10,000 the first year, then it's going to compound with that interest and just what, what the investment is making the next year, it's going to make more on top of that, on top of that. So that's really that compounding interest is the name of the game. And I won't get too deep in the, in the weeds there. Um, an IRA is an individual retirement account. So not all companies offer 401ks, um, but at essentially every individual can open an individual retirement account, an IRA. Again, if you're choosing a Roth, it's generally because you anticipate you're going to be in a higher tax bracket when you decide to retire, when you decide to take that money out, right? So you're going to get taxed now, not later. So you know, again, to break that down even more, meaning if you're taxed at 12% now, and it could be 35% down the road because you guys are all going to be girl bosses and crush it, it's better to be taxed now because you're just having that savings on the front end. And again, I'm a huge advocate of accountants because I, it's just easier. They can help you navigate through loopholes and make sure that you are, again, especially if you're starting a business, anything like that. Um, so with an IRA, you can open an IRA on various trading platforms. I use Vanguard. It is super user-friendly. Um, and you can either, when you, so generally the amount you can put in each year is $6,000. That's kind of, kind of the max. As you start making more money, your salary goes up that you'll, it'll be lower what you can contribute, right? Just because, you know, you're kind of already getting matched other places. Um, and generally people put less in those, but if you just put in the $6,000 into Vanguard, that's going to go sit in an account called money market, which again, interest rates are fairly low right now. So it won't be making a ton of money, but again, that is money you've put aside. You know, that is a savings investment account, right? The emergency funds over there that you can't touch. Um, but 
a, a big thing, what people are, what's very popular because you do still need to think of an IRA as an investment account, right? It's not like you can have a trading account where you want to get in that, you know, you can have your crypto, right? And you can have your individual stocks from what I really advocate for in an IRA are ETFs, exchange traded funds, which are essentially a basket of stocks. So the S&P 500 is an index of the 500 500 companies, blue chip companies. And so instead of investing in just one of those companies, you are buying a basket and it's not $10,000. It's like, I don't know, $300 or something. So you buy a share, a share of an ETF. And so doing this, putting this in your IRA, you anticipate that 40 years down the road, when you retire, the S&P 500 is going to be higher. I mean, the S&P 500 back in you know, like 1980 was like 180 and now it's almost 4,000. So it just shows you like, you know, and if you're doing that every single year, that is money you're planning on not touching, right? And that's how you need to think about retirement dollars. It's like, you're not touching that money. This isn't money that you are investing, that you are eventually going to pull out and then buy a house with. This is literally for retirement when you have no passive income anymore. You are no longer working. Your investments are throwing off some money. Um, but, th- but, but so that's really, I, d- I, w- I didn't want to get too deep there because I know it's very dense, but those are 401k company. IRA is is really up to you and anybody can do it. But I would, I would recommend Vanguard. You can do it on a lot of platforms, but Vanguard makes it so easy. They have their own um, Vanguard ETFs, which again, you can just look them up and kind of look up the ticker symbol. The ticker is um, how, how you buy the stock or buy the exchange traded fund. And it's just, it's a good way to wade, wade into it. And you don't have to put in the $6,000 all at once, right? So you have a year to put in $6,000. So again, if you're doing your savings account and you have your emergency fund and that looks pretty good, you've got a good bit of money over there, you've really beefed that up, then you can start putting in you know, $500 into the IRA, and build mm-hmm. that up and then move that money. And then you, you you decide to put, you know, okay, execute a trade. I want to buy VOO, which is the S&P 500 ETF. And so then you would now have a couple shares of that. And that would just sit in your, in your IRA. I hope that makes sense. I just opened uh, an IFT or not an IFT. Wow. A Roth IRA this year. Awesome. Um, I Great. went through Elvest. Yes, I yes. really she like was one of my recommendations. I really yeah. like that app. Yes, yes. That and that that that's one of the best ones for because it makes it so easy, right? I mean, what was the process when you went through and did it that way, Allie? So easy. You just sign up for an account and you know, I love the layout of the app. It's so easy and it's a company that's tailored to women. Um, and so if you're a member, it's like, you know, you can have the free membership or pay like five bucks a month or whatever it is. And then you have access to different courses during the week and presentations. And it's just an amazing resource that, you know, especially if you are in the the boat that I'm in where you're really starting to learn, to learn about investing and what to do with your money. So highly recommend. Because it is, it's so simple how to like, just explain this to me and then give me a platform that I can use. I mean, mm-hmm. they've... Um, Sally Krawcheck's done an amazing job with that. Yeah, she is amazing. I recommend any podcast that she's ever been on if you want to learn more about this. Yes. Yeah. And if you're in the boat where you're listening to this and you're starting to be like, oh my God, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm I'm right with you. And that's okay too because I think no. there's yeah. we have to start somewhere. Like we, you have to start learning at some point. We weren't born with this knowledge. So if you're listening to this and it sounds like a foreign concept to you, it's okay. That's why we have these resources. Well, that's why Elvest is great, especially for your age bird to get in, like mm-hmm. you know, sign up for that because it really does break it down in a way that's not boring. You know, like it's not like you're just looking at some boring textbook. Like it's actually fun and it's, you know, by women for women, which I appreciate. Yeah. yeah. And don't get overwhelmed by it, I think, too, Sarah mm-hmm. Caroline. Like anybody listening to this, like feeling like I don't know what Allie and Sydney are talking about or how, like, I'm not even, I haven't opened that yet, right? Like, there's time, there will be time and you, you're going to open your account. You're going to get, you're going to start investing. And it's just like, it just takes one first step, right? It takes the initiative of, I want to better myself. I want to better my future. And I'm going to start looking into this. And and again, just like 
doing a little bit of research at a time. And yeah, it doesn't have to be the confusing textbook of what is this talking about. It is, it's talking to your friends about it. It's relying on resources just like LFS that were created for women, men, anybody that just is needing a little helping hand to get into it. But number one thing is just, if you're even thinking about this, give yourself a pat on the back because that is a significant feat in and of itself. Absolutely. So what are some of your other favorite money resources, apps, books, podcasts? Yeah. Well, I will go back to probably something that's a little bit more boring, but anything Warren Buffett, um, he is the studio of Berkshire Hathaway. The man is just incredible. Like watch his documentary. I think just, and again, I know this isn't like, you know, something fun, but I mean, he's worth $50 $50 billion. Like the man goes to McDonald's every morning. He doesn't spend, he spends like $2 and 14 cents on his breakfast. He pays with perfect change. Like I just think like getting yourself in that mindset. And again, it doesn't mean you have to eat McDonald's and you can't get your nails done. You can't go on nice trips, but like, it's that mentality of just like, like not spending money is so achievable and having a lot of money or not having a lot of money does not mean you need to spend it. So I like any Warren Buffett quotes. One of my favorites is it's insane to risk what you have and need for things you don't need. Right. And so again, if you're just looking for motivation, that's number one, Susie Orman. Um, she is another guru. She, um, she had a show on, I want to say it was CNBC. Um, watching TV like CNBC. Again, some of the stuff they're going to throw out, you're going to be like, I have no idea what they're talking about, but it kind of helps get you acclimated. Um, And again, when you're talking about the apps, I'm sure there are some. I've never used them, but again, I think it can be as simple as like plotting it out on a piece of paper. You can use one of those calculators to be looking at your take-home pay or just look at your pay stubs, right? Look at like, this is what I'm bringing in every two weeks, right? So when you're going through that, you know, write down, okay, so this is means this is what I'm going to have at the end of the month. So I'm going to move a little bit over here, a little bit over here. Um, but I, I think that, you know, just the, the basics of it, it doesn't take, it takes just a, a foundation, right? Once you have that foundation built, you get to really, you know, design what your, your house of money kind of looks like. But again, I think just getting yourself more versed in the conversations about, again, with investing, right? If you want to turn on CNBC and they're going to be talking about SPACs and a bunch of other things that might be going over your head, but you're, you're, you're pushing yourself and that's really amazing. And that's like the best thing because it's inspiring to see people who, you know, are wanting to do the same thing. Cause at the end of the day, it's just people wanting to better their lives. One of my favorite money resources is Google Sheets because that way I can lay it all lay it all out. I see how much I'm bringing in, how much I'm saving, how much I'm investing, how much I'm spending, and it's you know I've tried doing budgeting apps and everything, but I always end up coming back to a nice Google spreadsheet. So that's great, Allie. I love that. That's, and then just check it out every once in a while. See where you are. Mm-hmm. Check in with yourself. And I think another yeah. thing too is like. If you spend a little bit, like, don't be hard on yourself. It's okay. Just, and and don't go nuts. Like, well, I already spent, you know, this much this month. Like, I don't even care at this point. I'm just going to keep spending. Like, no, like stop the car, park it, sit back and then reset. You know, I think, because there, there have been plenty of times. I remember living in New York where I was like, well, you know, at this point I've already spent this much this weekend. Like what's a little bit more and like, not, not the right mindset. Right. Like, like just take a minute, step back, and then recenter what your priorities are. I think that's an awesome way to do it, though. And everybody has Google Sheets, so there, there's no excuse to not having the not having the app or anything. And everybody has the ability to do that. Yeah, my favorite resource is my pyrite crystal. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Me and Allie are like, put the crystals in your purse. <laughs> I like it. You know what? That's what. No, I think I'll talk about the manifesting thing too. But like. You, ha- you have to have like that mentality, right? Like that manifesting good things are going to come. And, you know, again, I think some people think it sounds like, like, you know, utter cannon fodder, but it, it is, it's true. Like you have to have this mentality that like wherever you are financially is not where you're going to be forever or it is. And you want to sustain it. And like focusing on that is so important and just, um, you know, because if you're looking at it in a negative light, your finances are going to trend in that same negative direction, like fully believe in mindset over everything. Absolutely. Same. 
We're big believers in mindset. Um, so where can people find you? Where can they purchase your book? Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So um, the Instagram account is Barney's Bergdorf's Bills. You can buy the book on Amazon. It makes a great gift, a great stocking stuffer. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, I always try and buy my friends things that they need. Again, it kind of goes to, um, you know, not just buying random stuff, but something that's like going to be really important to them. And I think having the book um, just is like a resource, right? If you're just stuck on something, I hope that it can be something where you can flip open and just check in. And that's really what a lot of girls, I think some girls will read it all at once. Um, but most people I know that have the book, guys and girls just say they just have it as a resource. They need a freshener on, you know, they're buying their insurance and they're like, I don't really understand what a deductible is. Like I kind of need to go back and, and see here, or I don't really understand when I'm filing for my my health insurance, all my benefits options, like what this means. Um, and again, I, I think just having that as a as a reference, but Amazon, Amazon Prime, all that good stuff. So. Yeah, we'll link it um, down here so you guys can purchase it. I'm like, I get on my bookshop right now. And I'm like, you're coming to Colorado with me <laughs> on the plane. I love it. You're being read tomorrow. <laughs> no, I, I need to get a copy too, because I'm sitting here like, what actually is a deductible? I hear about it all the time, but I'm like, it's just something I don't really have an answer to. So yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And again, and again, we use these huge words, premium and deductible, when it's literally just like the money you got to spend and then how much it costs, you know? But again, right. I think they everything has a big word associated with it. Like when I'm in meetings and people are throwing around acronyms, I'm like, stop it immediately because I don't know what you're talking about. And I guarantee somebody else doesn't know what you're talking about too. And that was the biggest thing. It's just like layman's terms, like just make it less overwhelming for people. That's the, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing. Let's see. Okay. So we like to end with two things. First thing, what is your mantra? Something you live by like always, or maybe just right now? That it is no one else's job in life to make you happy. You must make yourself happy. It isn't Mm -hmm. going to come with money. It isn't going to come with a relationship or big job, that is all going to be dependent upon how you feel about yourself. You have to be intrinsically confident and have unwavering belief in yourself. A big thing is when, you know, like somebody gives you a compliment. I think for women, a lot of times it's like, you know, oh, I, you look so great. And it's like, oh, like I still need to lose some weight or I really need to get my hair done. But it's like saying, thank you. You know, it's like having that, right? And that's not it's not a, it's not a cockiness thing, right? It's not anything like that. It's just like, you have to have that belief in yourself. And I did, I loved the episode on manifesting because you have to manifest the life you want and it has to be for the right reasons, right? You know, you can't just like be sitting there saying, I want money. I want money. And like, you know, if you, if you would acquire money, you have to do good things with it too. Right. And you get to do whatever you want with it, but it's like, it's just, it's the whole thing because just having that, like, it's not going to be enough if you are not whole as a person. And that takes doing the work on yourself. And I'm, I'm always about that. Um, and with that comes abundance, right? And so I would say, don't focus too terribly much on the how. How am I possibly going to understand what an IRA is and get to like really understanding that? Just focus on that you want to do that and you will, right? And Work hard, um, always talk about checking your gratitude and just knowing yourself better than anything and, um, you know, keeping your good people close by you. And, 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 you know, I think my dad always said at the end of your life, if you can fill a Volkswagen with your best friends, you've done pretty well, right? Those people that you can call five in the morning, side of the road, pop a new Guinea, and they're going to figure out a way to come, to come get you. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm big on that too. But just finding yourself and again, I think as women especially, like you've just got to be your rock. And it doesn't mean you can't lean on people for certain, but like you just have to go into everything with confidence because that energy, people are more attracted in that way. I mean, not not just in a spouse, but like just humans are more attracted to that, right? And like you just radiate that, that that's so powerful. Yeah. You think about those people that are the most attractive to you, like when you're around them, you're like drawn into them and they're never like, you know, the most wealthy or like they have the most things. It's it's that energy and that we find that on the inside and it's 
not about your bank account. So I know this has been like a lot of info about money, but at the end of the day, like we're good. We're great. (laughs) Gorgeous, gorgeous girls love budgeting. And we're very excited that we got to talk with you about this today. Oh, last thing. Sorry. I try to jump ahead of it. Allie, our very last thing that we end with, would you rather? Yeah. You want to take it away? I'll take it away. So would you rather have unlimited money to spend on shopping or travel? Oh, travel. Not I even. feel like we're all – I know we're all going to say travel already. Not even yeah. a question, but it is funny. You know, you think back to like – I mean, I'm sure you guys were in the same like Hollister, Abercrombie. Like I would have been like, oh, God, give me the shopping money. Like I want to go to right. the Nashville mall and just throw down. But like – Go to town. <laughs> oh, and you, you think of how many of those things just hang in your closet, right? I mean like what? Yeah. I just the, – the travel thing – and again, it's the same thing, Allie, you talked about earlier is it's like – being with your few. Um, there's an amazing, amazing book. Just, it's, it's, it's a life coaching thing, but it's like, you know, knowing your few um, is so critically important, right? Because if you, like, it's the same thing. You're on a 300 foot yacht in the Mediterranean or you're in a shack in, you know, Kansas, like you're probably going to enjoy the people. Like it's, it's all about the people, right? Because you can be somewhere with, with people that do not align with your values or just don't have the same frequency and the same energy as you. And it, it's not going to mean anything, or it could be, it can be the 300 foot yacht in the Mediterranean with amazing people and you're all good to go. Yeah. And I do think that, I think that the older you get, your, your mind shift changes. Cause I'm like, I'd rather travel everywhere in the same outfit oh, than yeah. have a hundred things. Like I, like I can't even keep up with a purse, so I'm just not no, even gonna need you that don't right need now. A purse. I it uh, does yeah. change as you get older because, like you know, coming out of college, I was like, oh my god, like I need this car, I need this bag to be taken seriously, and now I'm like, I don't want to buy any of that because that means I can take that money and do so many other things that are gonna benefit me way more than that, you know? Absolutely, so, I love that. Well, this I has been such a good episode. Yeah, I honestly like I'm not even gonna front. I kind of went into this being like. Oh, this is gonna be like so defeating. Like I don't understand, but I'm I'm like encouraged. Good. I'm feeling excited. I'm ready. And the good thing is, if you get got to this point in the episode and you're like, "Holy shit!" You can just rewind as many times as you want until you understand. Exactly. And I think, and you can get Sydney's book and read even more about yeah, it. Yeah, and you can get the book exactly. exactly. And it, it totally is. It's taking. It's like one day at a time. Totally. Exactly. Well, thank you for giving us your time. I and know. Your guidance. It's so good to see and you and just, talk to you. Yeah. Me too. We are so happy to have you join us today. And I think this conversation will hopefully help a lot of people out there. Yeah. I know it's helped me today. So thank you again for having me on. And I want to see you girls at some point soon in person. So yes, yes we'll come. We'll have to come too. visit you. That's yes. Amazing. Yeah. Come on out and ski. <laughs> yeah. I just had two of my good friends from Hawaii move to Utah. So amazing. Hopefully I'll be in the area. The more the merrier. Them, so. Always let me know when you guys are here, please. <laughs> I will for sure. Thanks so All much. Right. Girl. Okay. Thanks, Bye guys. Bye.